The Joy FM Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us again this week as we introduce this new show to you. Just new sports content each week, maybe some words of encouragement, something that makes a difference in the lives of others because we truly appreciate the love and support that you all give us here at the joy fm and we hopefully believe that you feel the same way as we minister to you all in the different ways that we do so in the community now we've talked about nba we've done mlb we've done college football but we have not done the nfl yet and this nfl season has provided its share of surprises and so leading with the AFC one of the surprising teams has been the Buffalo Bills they're they're five and two led by head coach Sean McDermott uh, second year quarterback Josh Allen and the only games they've lost has been to the Patriots who everybody has lost to the Patriots and then they also lost to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, a very solid team as well so the Bills have been surprising in the AFC East at five and two now conversely the Cleveland Browns are two and five uh, the Cleveland Browns are surprising because a lot of the media analysts and personalities and the fans not only predicted that the Browns would compete for a playoff spot this season, but some of them predicted them to make it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, they're led by Baker Mayfield. They have Jarvis Landry. They acquired Odell Beckham Jr. in the offseason from the New York Giants. But what we've come to find out is that the Cleveland Browns, are still the Cleveland Browns. They're they're not anywhere near what anybody predicted them to be. So that's another surprising team there. But the one team that has surprised me the most is the Indianapolis Colts. They're five and two, first place in the AFC South. Uh, they've dealt with so much adversary adversity over the years, and but the 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 blow that they took that was the biggest prior to the season was with Andrew Luck's retirement. Nobody's seen it coming. Uh, nobody expected it, and I think that's something that really shook the sports world. I was able to catch up with lifelong Indianapolis Colts fan Chris Liuzzi, and here's what he had to say. Chris, uh, man, first of all, congratulations with your Colts coming off a 15-13 victory over the Denver Broncos with a 51-yard field goal from Adam Vinatieri. Uh, tell me, were you nervous at all during that game? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I was nervous going into the game. I, I think a lot of people were um, kind of expecting the Colts to win. We, I think the spread was like minus six even. Like we were f- heavily favored, but every game this year, win-in loss has been within seven points. Like we haven't had a a uh, comfortable game yet. <laughs> and this was the case as well. I mean, fourth quarter, a minute 30 roughly, and we get the ball on like our five-yard line and we have to drive the field and win. That was... <laughs> I was very nervous, yes. Man, I can imagine, you know, uh, you know, Vinatieri has had his struggles with extra points this year, and, you know, we, he, we know he's one of the best kickers of all time, so I can imagine how you felt when it came down to a last-second field goal. Uh, no, it was something. <laughs> he, had his, he had his rough stretch in the beginning, but he's kind of – he's come on a little bit. And one of those misses in that game, he, he had talked about it post-game, was due to a, a Broncos defender had basically jumped the line. It was right in the line to block it, so he tried to kick it around him. The other one, yeah, which is a straight, a straight miss though. Man. But he made the big ones. He made a fifty-five, made a fifty-one to win the game. So <laughs> that's what matters it's most big. when it comes down to the clutch. Uh, that is, you know, making the kicks when when 
when it matters most is what it's all about. Uh, man, you know, I, I have to take you back to a day in August where a certain news story broke <laughs> that broke the hearts of many and <laughs> completely shook the sports world. Uh, the day that Andrew Luck retired, uh, what were your thoughts, man? How did you feel when that news came out? Uh, I, it was, I, I probably like a, even a lot of non Colts fans, a shock. It was pure shock. There weren't, there weren't any, it's not like there were any rumblings of anything like this happening. I mean, it was literally the, the last preseason game. I was just watching it. And then about by the fourth quarter, they were, the news, I think, uh, Schefter had, had tweeted out that he was hearing, you know, that luck was retiring and it just kind of started, <laughs> started to spread. And it was, I, I didn't want to believe it until, you know, obviously the, the conference happened and yeah, he went right into it and said he was done. And, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. It was, shocking for sure and it was really sad when we had a uh, luck was kind of our bright spot on our team for the past couple of years and we didn't have the the greatest front office and didn't have a whole lot of talent around him honestly we always had we we're always kind of a the mockery of the league for our offensive line for example i mean luck got sacked a bajillion times back there and then this was the year where it was finally supposed to come all together we were actually getting national attention people were picking us to make the super bowl like by far the most talent, talented team that we had put around him ever. And then, yeah, he retired. <laughs> man. It was pretty pretty crazy. I can't imagine um, how that felt, man. I really can't. I remember the day I was in the store, and this guy got to talking to him, and he was, he was like, you know, Andrew Luck retired today. And I was like, man, you're kidding. No, he didn't. He pulled <laughs> up on his phone and sure enough said Andrew Luck retired, man. So I can't imagine how it felt to kind of have – you know, the face of your franchise and at the quarterback position, the most important mm-hmm. position of all sports, uh, to have him walk o- away from the game abruptly. But, uh, and it's prime too. Yeah. That's, that's so rare. That's so true, man. I, um, that's, that's, I remember watching Colin Cowherd and he was just talking about like, this is the, by far the biggest news I've ever had in my sports career. Like, this is nothing anybody could have foreseen. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with Andrew Luck hanging him up, man. Um, I remember be, before he even announced his retirement, before it even came out, uh, in the offseason, general manager Chris Ballard said they received multiple trade offers for Jacoby Brissett, but none of them were good enough to trade him. Uh, so right. in, in hindsight, I know they're glad they didn't trade him. But since then, they've actually given him a two-year contract extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, do you think that Jacoby Brissett is a franchise quarterback? I think he's growing into one. Uh, it's I was thinking about this the other day. I think uh, as a my age Colts fan, I've been a bit spoiled at the quarterback position. I mean, I grew up watching Peyton Manning. I mean, as a kid growing up, that was the guy. I mean, he's arguably he's one of the greatest to ever do it, right? And then we have our one bad year where he has the next surgery. We go two and fourteen, and then the next year we pick up you know this generational prospect Andrew Luck, who throws forty touchdowns as a rookie year, just takes the league by storm. <laughs> so we kind of I've been very fortunate, and now with Brissett, he. I mean, he's not luck. He he isn't, but he's getting better. I mean, he's still so young. He's basically a rookie for all intents and purposes. Like, he's been in the league a, a couple years, but, I mean, this is really only his second year starting, and I'm seeing him get better every game. And he, like, his intangibles, maybe he, he isn't pulling as many, like, I guess, Superman plays. Well, I guess he had one against the Broncos there at the end. Yeah, he did. He, he did. Yeah, that was he's an incredi- incredible leader, though. Like he, the team seems to love him. They rally around him. They play hard for him, and he plays hard. Like he's he's easy, he's an easy guy to root for. I, I'm all in on Jacoby. I don't. I think the whole franchise thing still remains to be seen. 
just because I've been spoiled like from Manning to Luck. I think he's a different kind of quarterback. Whereas those, when you have a quarterback at that at that level, you know, with Manning or with the Luck or Rodgers, Breeze, those kind of guys. I mean, they can if if all else is failing, you can kind of just say, "Here, please win this game for us," and they can go do that. I don't think he's there yet, and maybe he can get there. I mean, we'll see. But he's doing a phenomenal job for the circumstances. You know, having to step in like he had to. I mean, I I love Jacoby. It's been. <laughs> been awesome to watch you could definitely be worse off 100 percent. yeah you know you're right about that and uh, most, a lot of teams are uh worse off when their mm-hmm. starting quarterback uh is not in the game so you yeah, i agree i like to kobe i think he's he's a good guy man and he's on the right track for sure as you mentioned um your colts are currently five and two first place mm-hmm. in the afc south division but regardless of your record there's always a an area your team can improve on what's that one area you'd like to see the Colts get better at I guess this kind of goes back to Brissett a little bit and maybe just the offense in general uh more explosive plays I think that's really been our big weakness so we we don't we win games very much I'd heard you say on I listened to your last show and you said you like that old style of football you know the, the old the grind the run yeah. you know play hard defense that's been us we kind of been a throwback to to those days I mean it's just I think a part of it's Brissett's nature and then the fact that we're kind of rallying around this. We have a really strong offensive line and Max really come on to be one of the better backs in the league, in my opinion. And so that's that's really been our game. We're, I mean, we're running it. We're giving Mac 20-plus touches a game and Brissett, we don't ask him to do a whole lot. I mean, he'll usually get between 200, 300 on a, on a good day and we just kind of move the chains that way, which is a part of the reason that every game is so close, I think, because we're not trying to – I mean, we're not the Chiefs. We're not spreading – you know, four out, we're not trying to launch <laughs> deep shots all the time. But uh, we're, he's getting a little bit better at that. I think that a part of the lack of explosive plays has been Brissett just being so young, being so new, and they're trying to kind of groom him in. Because, I mean, Luck was even the same way his first couple of games last year with us. We weren't a very prolific offense at that point. He didn't kind of grow into that until uh, we kind of got the flow of the offense going. Which it's it's been working. It's it's been working. I mean, a win's a win, however it uh, gets done, right? So, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, like you said, a win is a win. Now, there's an upcoming game that I hope your Indianapolis <laughs> Colts don't win uh, as they take on my <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers uh, next Sunday, man. So, uh, what are your thoughts going into that game, man? I, I think uh, it should be a, a hard fought game. I mean, you'll definitely know better than me. I haven't watched every Steelers game, but from what I understand, I mean, they're a game where they're a team that is really focused on their defense. You know, I've got a really solid defense, especially the front seven. Y'all's defensive line is very talented. I think uh, Fitzpatrick was a good pickup for you guys. Yeah, I, was, uh, I loved it, dude. <laughs> yeah, Hayden, Hayden's still solid. Uh, from what I understand, you got even Mike Hilton's been playing good in the slot or the nickel. Like, I've got a, a really stout defense, but I think the key matchup there will be, yeah, you guys' defensive line, you know, with Hayward and all of them and against our uh, offensive line, who's obviously been arguably the best in the league, in my opinion. That should be a really, a really good matchup. Uh, I don't know how your guys is uh, – I know you guys have a really good offensive line, but it looks like your whole running back core is pretty much injured. <laughs> so I don't know who's going to be out there Sunday. I'd seen Connor left the game with an injury, and Benny Snell, I think, got hurt. And I know Samuels is still coming off injury. So it should be – it'll be interesting to see for sure. But I do think it'll be a kind of a hard-fought physical game because that's just how we play, and I think that's 
from what I understand, that's kind of how the Steelers <laughs> have been playing too. So should be a good one. Chris, man, um, yeah, I, you know, I misspoke and I said next Sunday. I meant this Sunday. Um, right. But, no, you know your stuff, man. You know the Steelers for sure because you're naming out the guys. And, uh, like, Samuels is out, Connor, like you mentioned, and Snell as well. So I'm interested to see who we put out there Sunday uh, as the Colts come into Heinz Field on Sunday, man. And so uh, it's, I believe it's going to be a good matchup. It's two, like you said, very similar style teams. Uh, I think it's going to be a grinded out effort, man. And you know, I think so too. Uh, man, we, I appreciate it, man. Chris, thank you for, you know, joining us here on the sweet spot. Uh, I truly appreciate you taking the time to just share your thoughts and opinion as a Colts fan. And, uh, man, I look forward to seeing not only the Colts and Steelers game this Sunday, but how the rest of the season unfolds for both of our teams. So I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, man. Oh, for sure. It's a, a pleasure. I appreciate you having me, man. And as we continue on with the NFL season and its many surprises, the NFC, there's only one team that has surprised us. And most everybody would say it's the San Francisco 49ers. If it's not everyone, then I don't know uh, what, what games they've been watching this year. But the 49ers are by far the most surprising team, not only in the NFC, but the entire NFL. As they're currently 7-0 and First place in the NFC West. Uh, not many people expected it. I don't even think many 49ers fans expected to have uh, such a great start. But I was able to catch up with San Francisco 49ers fan and California native Rex Ruiz and to hear his thoughts and his take on the current season. Rex, first of all, congratulations on a 51-13 win over the Carolina Panthers, a, a very good defensive team in Carolina. Uh, what did you see in that game that led to such a big blowout? Well, uh, quite frankly, uh, first of all, I was a little bit surprised at, at, at just how big the margin was. I was a little bit nervous going into the game. But the bottom line um, is when Carolina deferred and we got the ball first, we moved the ball right down the field, and uh, that was integral to the, a good start and then after that i mean everything in the world you know but basically the stars aligned the defense played superb and the offense did what they had to do uh devin coleman was awesome and uh it was just a real team effort it was, it was fun to watch man that's awesome i was just blown away uh just because carolina is a good team and i know the niners are a good team but like you said i didn't you know i was kind of blown away by the margin of victory but um you know, the, the last three years, the Niners had a total of 12 wins in the previous three seasons. Uh, who do you give the most credit to for such a great turnaround? Well, so bottom line, I, I always tell tell my friends that I truly believe things are cyclical in the NFL. In other words, the 49ers have had their glory days, and they've, they've before that hard, hard times, before that they were good. And the last several years have been pretty tough, and uh, hope hope brings internal. But the bottom line is when we made the change in, in in the management as far as getting John Lynch and then Kyle Shanahan, um, that's what pulled, put the, the the things in motion. You know, you, we didn't necessarily have the wins right away, but you could see the team coming together. And more importantly, if you watch closely, you could see him. You could see rather the uh, the players starting to 
to feel it, and, and it was a team team atmosphere. I've been impressed myself with what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan has Shanahan has done. I mean, they they hit on their draft picks, and not just first round draft picks, but uh, throughout the draft. I'm impressed, and uh, like I've been a huge fan of just seeing how they've developed just building block upon building block uh, each season, man. And I, I believe the the sky's the limit for them. They're just really getting started. And, you know, with the Niners being first place currently in the NFC West, sitting at 7-0, and they have the Seattle Seahawks, who are 6-2 and with MVP hopeful Russell Wilson. They have the Rams, who are coming off a Super Bowl appearance. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals, who just drafted Kyler Murray and starting their, their new regime with him. Um... But tell me, which area do the Niners need to improve on mostly if they want to have a deep playoff run? So, and this is going to maybe sound a little bit odd for me to say it, but um, bottom line is Jimmy G, as good as he's been, he needs to get better. Um, he, he makes some good throws. He's got to improve on some of his decision-making, in my opinion. And I love the guy. He's a gamer. He can throw it when, he, when he's on. He's perfect, but he, he does, uh, I hate to be critical, but he throws some kind of dangerous passes. Um, there, there was a, a, a pick early in the Carolina game, which thankfully we only hold, we held, we held them to a field goal, but that could have changed the whole complexity or the dynamics of the game. And I think he has the ability to become an elite quarterback. He just needs to work on his decision making. And I believe he'll do so. And Rex, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, you have D Ford and Quan Alexander and, you know, Devo Samuel, Samuel, uh, and, and the newly acquired Emmanuel Sanders as well. Uh, but is there a player that has not kind of maybe played because of injury or maybe they just haven't broken out yet that you're looking forward to seeing? <clears throat> well, yeah, there's one young man. Uh, his name is Jalen Hurd. And he's a wide receiver, a beast. He's a big, big, giant boy, played for Tennessee. And uh, he was, you know, looking wonderful in in, uh, the preseason. And then he tweaked his back. My understanding is he'll be back early December. And he's still, you know, he's not on IR. So he can meet whenever he's ready to come back, he can play. That said... He's never played it down in the NFL, but I think he might be a pleasant surprise when he returns. Man, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen Hurd myself. I've kept tabs on him since his, like you said, his days at Tennessee, and then he transferred to Baylor. I mean, he's he's a very fantastic athlete, and I look forward to seeing him once he finally gets on the field. And, you know, San Francisco has a a short week as they're coming off a win against Carolina. They have the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night. What are your thoughts going into that game? Well, first of all, it's Halloween. Anything can happen. And that's a tough stadium to play in. It really is. It's a tough stadium to play in. And the Kyler Murray, he, he, uh, he can pull some tricks. But I think if uh, Robert Sala and his defense continue things and just put the pressure on Mr. Murray, I think things will pan out. I think we'll be okay. Rex, man, thank you so much for joining us here on the Sweet Spot. Uh, you know, good luck to your Niners the rest of the way, and you know we appreciate you sharing your thoughts and uh, kind of your opinions with your team this year, man. Well, Corey, it was my sincere pleasure, and, and uh, good luck to you, and uh, thank you for your time. 
it was definitely a blessing to catch up with uh, Rex Ruiz, uh, someone I met just a few weeks ago, and just hearing the thoughts from him, and uh, not only a 49ers fan, but like I mentioned, a native of the state of California. So when we come back, we're going to get into some college football as I bring back my segment, Possible, Plausible, and Probable. So you guys stay tuned right where you are. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on The Sweet Spot. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, and it's time for college football. It's uh, one of my favorite segments, possible, plausible, and probable. Just a few of the games and different scenarios and the likelihood that they could play out a certain way. So when I think about something's possible, you know, anything is possible. It may not be probable, but it is possible. And it's possible that UAB beats Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, UAB's head coach is Bill Clark, one of the more underrated coaches in college football today. His first year in 2014, they went 6-6. Six and six. And as we all know, that football program uh, was, was taken away in December of 2014. So there was no football in 2015, no football in 2016. The football program was reinstated for the 2017 season, and they it's like Bill Clark just picked up right where he left off. They went eight and five, which included a bowl loss. Last year in 2018, they went 11 and three, which included a bowl win. And here they are in 2019 with us off to a 16, six and one start as they travel to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers, we all know, had a rough start as they lost to Georgia State. They lost to BYU. These are two very solid programs, but I know fans and media don't want to hear that because they're not SEC schools. They're not Power 5 conference schools. So with those two losses to start the season, Jeremy Pruitt has kind of been on the hot seat ever since those two games. Now, you know, anytime there's a new coach, you have to – you have to be patient with that coach. You have to allow him to get his style of players in that fits his system and what he wants to, wants to run. And also, it takes time to get those players to buy in to what he's what he's selling. So uh, my cousin Dresden Williams, he played at the University of West Alabama, and his first year they had a coach. After that season, he left. They brought in a new coach, and after one season with him – Going into the next season uh, is when they started to believe that what that coach was saying. So he was telling me that it takes a full year for for the players to really buy in on what the coaches is kind of preaching them about. Because you think about it, and it's not just in sports. We do it at work. You may have a change in management, and you're constantly uh, immediately questioning the new management because okay, we didn't do it this way, we didn't do it that way, we didn't work out at this time, we we didn't run these kind of plays. So it takes time for the, the players to really uh, kind of receive the new coaching strategy and, and what they're trying to achieve there in that new situation. So give Jeremy Pruitt time, I think he may be fine because he's won championships as a coordinator at Florida State and uh, he's won championships at Alabama. He also spent time as coordinator at, at Georgia as well. So if they give him time, I think Tennessee may be back on the right track, something that we haven't seen them do in, in quite some time since the Philip Fulmer days. So Tennessee, 
they are they're coming off a twenty point victory over South Carolina. They beat them forty one to twenty one, uh, and they haven't won consecutive games all year. So this is kind of like a a weak a weak goal for them to win their second straight game. That something they haven't done all season. Now, like I said, it's possible UAB beats them, and if it's Anything close in the third quarter, then it could get a little dicey because the third quarter is the most important quarter in the game because you can either put a team away in the third or you can allow them to stick around for the fourth. And so if UAB is hanging around in the late in the third, early in the fourth, I think the fans in Knoxville will be a little little on the edge of their seats. But I, I did pick Tennessee to win this game. I don't expect UAB to win, but I um, – just watch out for that game. I think it'll be an interesting watch because UAB they're they're uh they're hungry, they're they're thirsty. You know they're ready to eat. So just watch out for that UAB Blazers Tennessee Volunteers game. For plausible, plausible is 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 something that uh, is, is something that's reasonable. It could happen. It's believable that it could happen. And when I think about that scenario, Kansas could beat Kansas State. Kansas State's coming off in a historic upset as they beat number five Oklahoma last week. They beat them 48 to 41 in Manhattan, Kansas. And, you know, this is Chris Kleiman's first year as head coach with Kansas State. He came from North Dakota State where he won four championships in five seasons. So he has a very successful uh, track record that he brings with him to Manhattan. So this week they're taking on Kansas and, you know, Kansas State. Uh, whenever you have like a big win, there's always a possible letdown game. And what a letdown game is, you have a big win one week, and then the next week's not as hyped up. It's not as uh, not one of those games you may not circle on the calendar. Uh, so you have a big win over Oklahoma. This could potentially be a letdown game against Kansas. And so they may not have the same energy. They may not have the same focus and effort that they brought against Oklahoma uh, last week, so I think this will be a very tough matchup as Kansas State uh, travels to Kansas to take on their rival. As for the Jayhawks, Kansas has a new head coach in Les Miles. We all know Les Miles from his his time as head coach with LSU and the success he that that he had in Baton Rouge. And you know Les Miles is good at motivating his guys, getting them ready to play. Uh, you know he had several wins in LSU. Uh, some of them may have been unconventional. But more times than not, he got the win. So Les Miles, everything starts with him. I think he'll have his Jayhawks ready to play. His quarterback is Carter Stanley. If you haven't seen Carter Stanley play, this guy can air it out. Uh, I watched him against Texas, and he just puts some balls on the money. He can make all the throws. He uh, has 19 touchdowns on the season, only five interceptions. That's nearly a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. So the guy can play ball. Go check Carter Stanley out. Now, their top running back is Puka Williams Jr. Yeah, he, go, he goes by Puka. That's that's what they call him. But his real name is Anthony, and he's, uh, he has great, great vision when he hits the hole, great cutback ability. If Kansas State's not on their best game, I think uh, Puka Williams Jr. could have a, a career day. I ain't going to say a career day, but I think he could really be one of the stars in that game. Their top receiver is Andrew Parchment. Parchment has over 40 catches this year, six touchdowns. Uh, he's a big playmaker. He He's definitely Carter Stanley's number one target. If we hear Stanley and Parchment connect a lot on Saturday, then I think it'll be 
uh, a long a long game for the Wildcats of Kansas State. So uh, I picked Kansas to win this game. I picked Kansas to to upset Kansas State, who coming off a, a, a game against Oklahoma where they beat the number five team. So I think that being at home. Coming off the Oklahoma win, and that Kansas is led by Les Miles and their quarterback Carter Stanley, I picked Kansas to come away with that upset. So I'll be watching that game very closely. As far as probable goes, uh, it's I think it's I think probably that Florida State will beat Miami. I believe it's it's more than likely they'll beat them. Now this is a rivalry game, and anything could happen. I mean, this isn't like a clear cut choice as. It's not one team is heavily favored than the other. So, but I do have Florida State beating Miami, and the reason why I do is because uh, maybe Miami's new head coach Manny Diaz is his first year. I think he'll do a solid job given time. But I don't trust their quarterback situation. I don't trust Nikosi Perry and Jaron Williams. I just don't have faith in them. And then it's a road game at Florida State in Tallahassee at two thirty. So I just don't have much confidence in Miami, and I have more confidence in Florida State. Florida State, their head coach is Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart is uh, it's his second year at Florida State, and if you follow his coach and his track record, he's improved from year to year. When he was at Western Kentucky, they went ten and they I'm sorry, they went two and ten, and then they went seven and five, and they went seven and five the year after that. He left for South Florida. They went two and ten, four and eight, eight and five. And then ten and two, and then he spent one year at Oregon, and now he's in his second year at Florida State, where they went five and seven in his first year last season, and now they're at four and four. So they're already on the cusp of improving from last season's record. So I think Willie Taggart is a good coach. I know fans and media have been calling for his head already, but Willie Taggart, given time, like I mentioned, uh, with any new coach, regardless of the situation, you have to be patient with them, allow them. To, to, to implement their new system and their new philosophies because Florida State, think about it, honestly, he's doesn't he didn't have much to work with. He doesn't have much to work with because Jimbo Fisher was on his way out before he left. So he didn't leave Willie Taggart much before his departure to Texas A&M. Now, Florida State's quarterback is Alex Hornibrook. Hornibrook transferred from Wisconsin. He's a, a left-handed quarterback, and he, he won't wow you by any means, but he's a smart accurate quarterback you know everybody can't have a a, a Tua and, and a Joe Burrow and Justin Fields so the next level is you just want your quarterback to be smart be accurate with the football and don't don't get us beat and I think that's what Alex Hornibrook does he reminds me a lot of a, a Brandon Cox in a way and I know they're both left-handed and they're just both gamers they like I said they don't wow you by any means and their games may not be pretty but when it comes down to the last quarter they're going to have you in position for a chance to win their star running back at Florida State is Cam Akers. Cam Akers is coming off a 40, I'm sorry, a four touchdown uh, performance against Syracuse. Uh, he spent a lot of time in the Wildcat. Uh, so I, I expect, you know, whenever a team has or a coaching staff has success in a certain area, they usually go right back to that strategy to see if they can continue that success with that, with that particular um, kind of just formation and that's what the Wildcat is and I believe they'll have Cam Akers in the Wildcat a lot against Miami on Saturday. Their number one receiver is Tamarion Terry. Tamarion Terry is their number one passing threat for Hornybrook. He's the type of guy that you get the ball to him on any part of the game, any part of the field, and he could take it to the house on any given play. He's a kind of a tall receiver, very athletic, uh, and so if Terry can have a big get, a, a big day, I should say, 
they're going to have a field day against Miami. Uh, I think it's going to be it'll probably a close game because, like I said, this is a rivalry. It's, it's not on the same intensity level as it once was in the 90s and early 2000s. But uh, yeah, I think they have two solid coaches who could restore that rivalry to its prominence that we've seen in years past. So to recap, I have I did have Tennessee beating UAB. I have Kansas upsetting Kansas State. And then I have Florida State beating Miami as well. I look forward to seeing how all these games play out this coming weekend. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back for the Triple C part of the day. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on The Sweet Spot. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, and it's time for Triple C, Corey's Closing Comments. Today, I want to read to you one of my favorite scriptures, and it comes from Ephesians 3.20.21, and it's the King James Version. It reads, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end, Amen. And when I read this scripture, this is, like I mentioned, one of my favorite scriptures. I meditate on it day in, day out. Uh, It's one of the scriptures that I keep in my prayer every morning as I wake up. And I think about how it says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. There's another translation that mentions that he's able to do more than we can imagine. And I think sometimes we put God in a box that he can't do this. He can't do that. Uh, this situation is too big for God, but we can't do that. God, all, God can do anything. All things are possible with God. So regardless of what your situation is, regardless of what your past is, whatever you're going through, it doesn't matter what your name is, the color of your skin, none of that matters with God. So just always remember that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And remember, whether it's with me or it's with God, You're always loved in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.